The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form with animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Tonight Australia's cricketers headed to a big loss at the Wacker. We'll have the summary of the day's play. Jamie Soud retires as a big name joins the Sharks. The English media have clearly had enough of Wayne Bennett. Jared Haynes' embarrassing day and the Aussie golfer who shouldn't have even been in a tournament that he went on to win. To the rush well, welcome hour. aboard. We thought uh, we would be wrapping up Australia's demise, but not so. Uh, just before T, 8 for 3.43. Hazelwood, 29. Neville, 51. We'll go through the summary uh, in the next uh, in the next portion of the show, but we might have a miracle in our hands. Hello, Gerds. Hello, Dan. How was your weekend? Very. It was good. Good. N- didn't get up to anything to bore you. Yeah, nice one. What about you? Yeah, pretty quiet. Had uh, dancing with the girls on Saturday. My two uh, kids had their sort of their Christmas end of season ballet show, which was good fun and uh, just relaxed yesterday, Dan. Now, were they good or did you have to pretend that they were good? Uh, oh, they're still at that age where they're still kind of good, you know, like. Um, one the the four year old well she's they just get up and do Run their around. own thing. Okay, the fine. oldest one's actually her mother was a dancer, uh, my wife that'd be and so she's um, she's actually okay. Excellent. Mm. What? Nothing. Mm. Oh, um, not much of a dancer. Then you'll see that on Thursday. Someone. Actually. Oh yes, our end of season <laughs> drink. You look forward to that. That's like oh, you're you got, counting that down from six weeks out. You've got to meet those sort of things with enthusiasm. We've worked hard this year, Dan. Bloody, I think we need to celebrate. We, we still are. are working hard. Bloody oath we are. So, you know. Now, yeah. someone asked me a couple of weeks ago, what's, uh, what's your show about? And I said, well, it's a sports show. They said, yeah, but what's the difference between this show and all the other shows? And I thought about it and I said, well... We call out bullshit when we see it. That's what we do on this show. Oh. And that brings me to the Jared Haynes story today. Have you Haynes seen a little, Dan, have you? The Jared Haynes story today. Now, <laughs> only in rugby <laughs> league could this happen. Jared Haynes, for those that have missed the story, I think it's quite humorous, but I don't have kids that are 13 that could be exposed to this stuff. No, that's true. Uh, he's, he's at a school on the Gold Coast. He's doing some gig for Norton, the uh, virus, uh, the computer virus company. <laughs> he's projecting images from his phone onto the big screen. And up comes a bit of pornography. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, unfortunately, I think Jared got the he got the wrong memo, Dan. He got the wrong brief. He thought it was a sex ed course. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. He was shocked as well you know, as everyone Sonic, else. Those kids have been brought up in the internet age. Yes. I don't think they saw anything today that they haven't seen. In no, the past, no. now that's not excusing. No, it's but not. It's, be, it's it's an unha- it's an unfortunate. There'll be action. a lot of family memberships given out by the Titans <laughs> over the next couple of days. <laughs> I would imagine, Dan. <laughs> but here's where the BS comes in. So, okay, all right, he's a grown man. He's allowed if he wants to look at that sort of stuff on his phone. That's fine. Mm. Uh, but then we had one of the all-time great excuses from the guy from Norton Security. Uh, during our Wi-Fi demo, uh, we had an open network that was available uh, to, for anyone to connect to, and. Uh, uh, Someone had uh, uh, connected to the network and uh, uh, browsed to a site where the images were displayed. I've just actually checked, and the device that connected that did that was not Jared's phone. <laughs> mm. So now, okay. Yeah. So basically, a, a child prodigy obviously goes to the school on the Gold Coast <laughs> who's worked out how to uh, uh, wrought the Wi-Fi system yes. and somehow project images onto Jared's phone or mm. project images. I think that's highly believable. Bloody hackers, Dan. Hackers. It's the Doogie Hauser MD. 
<laughs> of the Gold Coast. And ki- but oh, hang on. That- that- Did you see the look on him? Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you had to feel, feel sorry, sorry for him. him. Absolutely. But aren't you doing, like, I mean, you're going in to give a lesson on that and wasn't there some information? Oh, we're going to go through your phone. Right. I mean, isn't there things? I'm Clear not your history. Te- yeah, I'm not that savvy, but can't you just erase that sort of stuff? There's a button on your iPhone. Clear your history. Mm, but if he clears the history, then what are they looking at? <laughs> no, seriously. That's, that wasn't the lesson about how to search the internet. Got Norton. That's so how Norton, you search it. Norton have, have jumped on the grenade for him. Yes. Now, this is a one-day embarrassment story. It's not, not going to go anywhere, but the no. Norton people have jumped on this grenade for him. What, the, what have they done? They're supposed to be the world's best virus protection company, and they have just told the world, hey, a kid... Mm. A kid has beaten us. A kid has beaten the system. Yep. <laughs> Might have been the same kid that was up to no good during the census, Dad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this is the rush hour on Triple M. We'll update the cricket. There's, oh, there's been some action, uh, so uh, the end is night. Uh, this is the rush hour here on Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form. With animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Triple M. Rush Hour getting you home on a Monday. Gerd's here with Dan. What? And we do the show for Sportsbet's new racing form with animated speed maps and expert tips from Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Uh, should we go through what happened at the cricket today? Yes, please. All right, here we go. So Australia started the day needing 368 to win with six wickets in hand. Not going to happen, the 368. But remember, South Africa, one bowler down. Mm. KG Rabada was absolutely inspired in the first hour, constantly at the batsman on a cracking pitch. He finally got his man when he trapped Mitch Marsh for 26. Now, this was originally given out. uh, Sorry, this is originally given not out. uh, And DRS came in. And its definition of whether the ball hit the batsman and where it was going seemed a little creative. Mm-hmm. But the ball was hitting the stumps, according to the computer. So yep. decision overturned, five for 196. So South Africa needing five wickets in over five hours. Surely they're home. But then a bit of a sensation. Rabada walks off yes. and gets his shoulder iced. Mm-hmm. So they're in a one-fast bowler. Yes. Well, Temba Bhuvama comes on to bowl little medium paces. First ball traps Usman Kawaja in front. That was and that was the moment, Dan. But he overstepped. He overstepped. So that was uh, not out. And that was a great moment. Another part time. This is the one you're thinking of. Which one? Another part time. But JP Dumini comes on to bowl off spinners, and remarkably, bowls these little lollipops. Bamboozles Kawaja gets him LBW for Crucial. 97. <laughs> Crucial. Rabada comes back like Rocky. Bowls a genuine Sandshoe crusher, slams into Mitchell Stark's foot, given out, review confirmed, seven down going into lunch. Another LBW when Vernon Philander got one to stay low, fifth day pitch, mm. Peter Siddle dead to rights. So that left uh, South Africa needing two wickets. Then we have just seen a long partnership between Josh Hazelwood and Peter Neville. A wicket has fallen in the last uh, few moments. So Australia now nine for 354, and instead of going off for T, they are staying on for the extra half hour for this last wicket to fall. So we should, you would assume, mm. have a result in the next 25 and minutes. And look, at that stage of the match, Dan, you know, that Marsh call, everyone thought, you know, the game was over. The test had been won by South Africa back in the early stages of today. But when you look at it now, had that wicket not been fallen, and, and we think incorrectly, well, then it might have changed the whole back end of this game. Well, 
uh, straight after. So the ball's hit him. It looks like it's going to miss. They go upstairs. Why even South Africa reviewed it was a bit of a mystery. This is no way this is hitting the stumps. Anyway, it's given out. And that prompts Mark Taylor and Michael, not Michael Slater, Michael Clark to yes. say this. So I thought Mitchell Marsh should be fine, to be totally honest. Now, bear in mind, he was given not out. So the, the technology has to prove he was, he was definitely out to overturn the decision. And what has to happen is that... 50% of that ball has to hit at least the outside of the stump. That looks to me it's going to, at best, clip the stump. And I'm with you, Tubby. I was certain that was missing the stumps. I thought it was definitely swinging too far and missing the leg stump. I believe the line of that delivery, the way it's swinging, it's going down and missing leg stump. I, I, I think looking at that, there's, I reckon that ball's going to hit the stumps, probably flick the stumps at best. But for it to be overturned, Mitchell Marsh is very unlucky. Two things. Number one, can someone get Michael Clark to stop inflecting up? And number two, uh, if he's going to be a commentator, he can't be inflecting upwards. Australia has pushed for DRS since it came in. We've yep. been the champions of this. So it's a little rich for us to complain about the system because we've known the limitations. Mm. Got a pretty bad call too, though, with obviously uh, the skipper, Sue Smith, in that first innings as well, who, mm. you know, that could have gone either way. Technically but correct, technically but you're correct. 100% right. Yeah, no, look, it's, um, but it's part a, of the game now, Dan. What a win this is going to be for South Africa. Remember, they were four for 32 on day one, and on day two, Australia was 84 behind on the first innings with all 10 uh, first innings wickets in hand. So it's it's a remarkable turnaround. No Dale Stain. We, we, will, find, huge, we yeah. will find 100 things wrong with Australia's performance. But you know what? South Africa have been sensational yeah. the last couple, the last three days of this test. Yeah, that second day was just, you know, no one expected that and you couldn't foresee it, especially when they lost their main bowling attack in Stain. But um, I don't know, Australia, are our expectations too high? I mean, when you look at this Australian side and you, and you look at the South African side, I mean, is this... We, just as a nation, we expect every time our national team goes out onto any field, whether it be, you know, rugby, league, union, we, we expect them to win. Um, are we just, you know, our expectations a little bit too high? You look at this side and then are there people knocking down the door to get into it? They talk now about, you know, making changes, not maybe not for the next test, but for, for the one after that. Like, who else is there to come in? There's Bird, possibly, and maybe another spinner yeah. they talk about. Robert but... Craddock uh, wrote a great piece today in the News Limited papers mm-hmm. where he, he says exactly what you're saying. The reality is we're not that good. There would be, in the Australian eleven, if you were to come up with a World eleven today, there'd be only three in the conversation. Yeah. Smith, Warner, Stark. That's mm-hmm. it. No yep. one else is even in the conversation. Mm. So uh, so what do they do? So they've obviously you got young players, or not so much young players, but guys that have never been able to hold down their spot in this test team. And do you take that mentality where it's a siege mentality? Look, the public's calling for our heads. The media's calling for our heads. But we just need to stay together and we need to build some trust in the team and try and get the group playing their best because at the moment... Yeah. They'll end up like the Origin team. You know, or for New South Wales Origin, they just couldn't beat that Queensland side. They didn't have the players, and every series they'd change, change, and change, and no one, everyone didn't know where they stood. So you're so. Some, so suggesting someone like Marsh, Mitchell Marsh, they just sort of give him, say, you know what, you've got a year, you've got 18 months, Show a, you, you, your spot is not on the line every test. Let's actually, let's give this kid, a, instead of doing what we did with his brother and sack him and bring him back and sack him and bring him back, yes. let's actually give this kid 18 months, two years, like they did with Steve Waugh in the mid-'80s. Remember, he, he his test only average was Dan, not... Pre- only if there's no one better to bring in. And that's the thing. If you've got all these great guys at domestic true. cricket, 
bashing down the door. If there's no one there with the potential that these guys have, you need to give them the time. Well, they're talking uh, Glenn Maxwell for Mitchell Marsh's position. Now, there's a guy He's with as old as me. zero temperament, mm. uh, zero temperament, um, who has thrown away his wicket in Test cricket in his limited times there. So, are you and really? Is there the future in that? Like, I mean, is that a long-term solution? That's what, you know. We need to get some of these guys. If we're going to push some of the older guys out, well, let's do it. But let's not replace them with yeah. older guys that aren't in form either. Uh, I don't know. The, the next test starts on Saturday. You don't want to worry about the fact that Stark and Hazelwood have bowled a bloody lot of overs in this test match. And what do you think about Warren having a, a good crack at uh, Smith about the use of line <sighs> yesterday? I mean, he, he what, he bowled 30-something overs for the test match. He's given away, like, none for 150 or something, like... What did he want him? He wanted him to bowl more or bowl at more important it, times? It made sense because you got these it's 35 degrees down there and you got these guys just running in off, off obviously, the long yeah, run. And, and well, the South African captain, up. Duplessis, has done a m- remarkable job of, of moving the bowlers around so it doesn't feel like Rabada has just been bowling non-stop um, and he's had the part-timers chip in every night. So Smith has been out captain here, but... Mm. You know what? If Australia don't collapse on day two, this is a totally different test. There you go. This is the rush hour with cricket experts Ryan Girdler and Dan Gennett here on Triple M. <laughs> the Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form with animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Now, let's get to this Wayne Bennett interview which uh, has drawn an incredible response. This is what Wayne said to the BBC reporter. And remember last week... Gus had a little crack at yeah. Wayne. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a particularly nasty shot, but he had a little crack at Wayne for not being particularly giving to the interviewer. I think it's the same interviewer, and I apologise if I'm wrong, but this is a piece of that interview that was conducted this week. You'll be pleased with the win. What did you make of your team's performance out there? Yeah, I'm just pleased with the win. That's about all I can say about it, actually. Really that bad? You were not impressed at all? No, not really, no. Obviously, the first half was it particularly bad. I mean, that first 30 minutes, did you not feel they improved in the second? Yeah, look, I hardly hear you, but I think what you said was something about the first 20 minutes, we were, we were bad. We weren't good. Did they do what you wanted them to do in that second half? We got closer to it. What, do you, what more were you looking for from them? Oh, I just took them to play to their ability, and they were far from that, so... Yeah. You know, like, if, you, if, you, if you're going to get Wayne Bennett over to coach your side, you're going to bring him over you're going to bring him over there and you want results but if you want to promote the game don't and you know Wayne anything Bennett. about Wayne Bennett you, you don't get yeah. Wayne Bennett because it's not like he's going to come over there and say I'm going to come out of my shell and do every you know interview under the sun I mean they need to understand what you're buying before you make the purchase don't you Dan yeah but I mean, not that he shouldn't be giving more than that. I think that he. Sh- I agree, he should be over there promoting it. But but they shouldn't not be surprised. What he does, no. Well, anyway, I'm Drew, not surprised. Are you? It, no, it, absolutely not. And they're not playing well. It's not as if uh, they're going well. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, I mean, obviously they play Australia this weekend, and if they lose that, well, basically it's going to be a, an Australian New Zealand. So the, the ball's in their court. If they beat Australia, they can play their way in. To well, the finals? It's not even that simple. They could beat Australia, and that mightn't be enough. They have to... It depends on what New Zealand against. does against Scotland, but they might have to beat Australia by 12. Yeah, right. I mean, good luck trying to do that. But yeah. anyway, here's the reaction the BBC commentators. I know one of them's Yeston Harris, the former player. Do you think he realises with this job, not only does he have to be 
an excellent head coach. He needs to be more than an ambassador. He almost needs to be an evangelist, doesn't he, for rugby league in this country, John? He's not pulling up that end of the bargain, is he? Wayne must know. England are at a crossroads. This country is at a crossroads in terms of what we do with their international game. I think that was nothing short of a disgrace. I think he's treated a very professional broadcaster there with disrespect. There have been asked questions in good faith and in good honesty. Now, he might not be happy with the result, but you've got to front up as a head coach, not, in not just in terms of your video review session and motivating your players, but you are. You're an ambassador for a sport in this country, and we're trying to get more people watching and listening to this game that that for me was was nothing short of a disgrace he is the alex ferguson of of of, of management you know with, with his charisma what he's what he's done in the nrl but there's a lack and of understanding there yesterday about what this job entails absolutely he, he's come in he's come over here to promote the game of rugby league to promote it internationally but he's taken it onto another level with his stature for england he has got a responsibility to do them types of inter in interviews he's got the responsibility to grow our game and i agree with you it's a complete disgrace i thought it was a disgrace last week pre-game never mind post-game and, and, and post-game that that's just it's just shocking mm. well i mean if you, if you look at the whole process that's taken place here dan i mean originally when he was signed up he tried to get and and this isn't building the english uh the rugby league systems is it when you come and you try and take australian players that have some sort of heritage mm. and you give them a guernsey that's not really good for the infrastructure of english rugby league so if you look at that from the process when it began he was never about building the game no, in England. He was always about winning and trying to beat Australia. Win, win the, and just this series. Yeah, and win it. And that and he was a mercenary coming in. I mean, if if you want someone to build systems and structures and, and, and you know, make your game evolve, well, then you need to have someone already over there in your system that can spend time in it, like what Mao's doing yeah. with the Australian job here. All right, this is the Rush Hour here on Triple M. Sports update coming up right after this. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form with animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Thank you, Queen. Triple M, I think we might have a result here, Gerds, in the test match. There's an LBW shout that has been given. Nathan yeah. Lyon has naturally appealed. It's the last wicket, so mm. nothing to lose. He's, he's yeah, left, at, his left leg is a fair way down the pitch. It's hit him pretty low. Here it is. It's hit him in line. Umpire's Ooh. call. It's out. It's over. South Africa Ooh, win. Gee, that, gee, that Another is... one which is just oh. flicking the edge of the leg stump. Yeah, but they're the rules. Yeah, it, it's got to completely miss if it's uh, going to be overturned. So South Africa what a win. What a great mm. win that, that, that is. And they uh, do it with a session to spare. So now they move on to Hobart on Saturday. Gee, some of those, some smart punters out there, Dan, would have cashed in on that. I think they blew out to like about 18 or 19 to 1 at, at, at some point there when obviously Australia was still sort of none for 130 or 50. Yeah, so, um, you know, yeah. All right, well done, South Africa. Right now, this is the Triple M Rush Hour Live Sports Update. The story of the weekend surely has to be the Irish rugby team ending the All Blacks world record streak. It took Ireland 111 years and 29 attempts mm. to finally beat New Zealand in a test, and they did it in traditional rugby heartland, Chicago Soldier Field. But they had 62,000 there. It was a wow. massive event, so... Uh, well done to them. Mm -hmm. Meantime, the Wallabies beat Wales 32-8. to eight. Oh, what's this game, Gerds? To be honest, they were 
they were even more dominant than that score suggested. They could have put 50 on the board. I saw the highlights. I, I really liked the way... Did you see those two young big centres that played? I thought they were really good. And They ran I, over the forwards. Ran over, that was... And Wales came second in the Six Nations, yes. so they're no chumps. Now, that's an, and good test for them. Obviously, the final, they'll be nice. If they can make the final and play Eddie in the English side, <laughs> gee, that'd be nice. That'd uh, be nice. Well, that is. That's their last game. So they will be going, if they keep winning, yep. if they can go this far, mm-hmm. their final match at Twickenham versus Eddie Jones for that, the Grand and, Slam. And i tell you what, that would erase that whole Test Series. If they got up in that, I think that would almost erase the oh. Test Series three, that we lost 3-0. Now, in the Premier League, Liverpool is in pole position 11 games into the season. They thumped Watford 6-1. They've scored 10 in their last two outings in the Premier League and have a one-point lead over Chelsea and another point back are Man City and your Gunners. Pretty tight, though. Liverpool's in front, but two points separates the top four. Yeah, playing well. How'd Arsenal go this week? Had a one-all draw with uh, the, Lon- the London derby was on with Tottenham. Ah. Rod Pampling has resurrected his PGA career, taking the event in Vegas and collecting 1.2 million American. He wasn't even supposed to be in the event, but got in via a clerical error, which saw 144 players invited instead of 132. Really? And you know what it does, Dan? It gets him a two-year exemption on the PGA, so, so he's back in business. And he gets to play majors and the players' championship. That's good so good, him. yeah. Uh, 47 years old, well done. And the people who run the Melbourne Cricket Ground have touted a redevelopment, which would see a retractable roof plonked on top of the stadium. Ah. So there we go. A retractable roof. I'll show you a picture here. This was, uh, I think this is just an artist's rendition. I love the fact there that they've got light towers, uh, oh. <laughs> which are completely unnecessary if they've got that space-age roof on top of the ground. Well, that must be it. The that must be the mixed... existing light towers. They'd have to make some new ones. Yeah, well, yeah, They're well, not going to work. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but $400 million, they're saying it'll cost. And, uh, uh, I mean, that, they need the government to pay for that, so it's a long way from happening. But there you go. And it's possible there at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. That is a sports update. We'll have a news update shortly. And we're going to talk a bit of rugby league in about 10 minutes as well. Lots of things to get to. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form. With animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Our day isn't complete until we hear that song on the Rush Hour. Uh, on a Monday night, mm. Gerd's here with Dan. We do it for Sportsbet's racing form. I should know this by now. We've had yeah. this sponsor for the last few weeks. Animated speed mm. maps. I use these on Saturday. Yes. And expert tips from Best Bets. How good are those tips, too? They're uh, very good. Yeah, because well, we don't have time. We're busy men, goods. We don't have time. You know, to be... when you look at some of these big races over the spring carnival, you listen to the expert, and they all tip someone different. So mm. how are us poor <laughs> punters, weekend punters, uh, stand any chance what if they do stand it? They can't the... make up their mind. So Channel 7, did, who do a wonderful job, so they had their main tipsters, Francesca and Simon Marshall and Bruce, and they'd have five. There'd be some races. They'd have five, five people, five different tips. Then they'd go to their form guy, yeah. uh, Jimmy Jordan, his confidence level would be one from five. Yes, what about that? <laughs> I like the confidence, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I do like the confidence level because mm. it does show that okay, not not every tip of his he he's, he's that confident. He's confident with, in. Yeah, but I, I when like it's one it's... out of five, they go, "Why the hell am I? You're not putting your yeah. money on this. Why am I going to do it?" Throw a dart. Uh, Jamie Soward uh, tweeted this uh, today. Thanks for having me in the game. I couldn't have wished for more in my career. Next chapter to start. Looking for work ASAP. Hashtag call me. Well, I think you'll be okay here at Triple M. But that's the end of an excellent 
career for a player who was often maligned, probably unfairly. Mm. Yeah, no, he a uh, great career for, I think, 215 or 220 games. So that's a great achievement, the NRL. and Premiership um, spearhead, 2010. Yeah, and uh, and look, I'm probably a little bit disappointed that he, he went over there and had to finish the way that it did. And uh, I, was under the, I was under the impression that he was looking to go over there and maybe play another season or maybe come back because... Uh, he certainly had uh, he, he certainly had plenty to give. I think uh, the the way that uh, that he split with the Panthers was based on you know a direction and and some recruitment. And you've seen how strong the Panthers are in those certain areas, especially around the halves and with their development. So, but maybe I thought he might have got a gig at a, another club that maybe what wasn't as confident yeah. as their sort of halves pairings. But anyway, he's uh, enough. So he's only thirty one, so it's still pretty young. Yeah, Gus tweeted something about the giving him next year off, but then they'll look at having him on the coaching staff. Uh, that's yeah, that's great. There's he got a job already. Tony Williams assigned with Cronulla for one year. So uh, they've, they've announced Jeremy Lattimore, who's a good solid forward, and Tony Williams. Good pickup, Lattimore. Look, Williams, I think he's the guy that I would have on a one year contract his whole career. Hmm. Because he just seems to go like a guy that can every now and again get comfortable. And I think with, with the Sharkies over there, um, the thing is with being the Premiers, everyone knows what you do, you know. And so the next year, everyone knows what it, you did to win the Premiership because they're all trying to do it. So to bring in some players that can add other dimensions to your team, I think yeah. it's a smart thing. Give him a one-year deal. They've got an ageing back row in Luke Lewis and obviously Paul Gallon's last year. So, you know, left edge is going to be Wade Graham, but I don't know. He can play big minutes if you need him to, but to bring him off the bench, like with a Sam Tagatizi and then like a Fafida, he adds a lot of size and he's creative. Whether or not Flanagan gets the best out of him, that's... Imagine if they work out that he's a great 20-minute player. You just give him 20 minutes to go nuts. Yep. And somehow... That turns the key, and all of a sudden, he gives it everything he's got for those 20 minutes. I personally think that he's been overpaid for a while, Dan, and, and coaches then feel like they need to justify his wage by playing in big minutes yes. when he's potentially not a big-minute player. So give him a, a, an honest wage and say, we'll, we'll give you a one-year deal, yeah. but we want to get the best out of every year, and you might have three or four good ones left in him. Todd Greenberg today said that the NRL draw will come out towards the end of the month. Uh, where are we now? We're early November. So, okay, mm-hmm. f- let's say three weeks away. But that hasn't stopped Phil Rothfield from getting his hands on the first couple of games uh, via the Telegraph and the Courier-Mail. Cronulla-Brisbane to open things up okay. Thursday night at Shark Park. Now, I think now this will happen every year where the Broncos will play someone. Yes. Sydney team versus Brisbane team. That'll always open the season. Of course. That's a pretty tasty opening match. Oh, I think so. I think, uh, you know, defending premiers up against, uh, you know, always the premiership heavyweights in the Broncos who will go into next year. I would imagine one of the favourites after falling away late this year. And on the Friday night, it's been touted, and this was the big story in Sydney today, South versus Tigers, Friday night football, obviously Robbie Farrah versus the old club. I get the emotion, Dan, but for me, like, I, neither one of those sides made the top eight this year. So to start your, your Friday night, which is, you, you know, I know league, league's going to move to Thursday and, and we're going to try and sort of bring that into our calendar. But for me, Friday night footy's the night. First round of the season. I don't need any more excitement. It sells itself. As it long as the matchups are, are, are And I just want to see enough. a really good game. Is that going to be a good, good game? Possibly, but not definitely. 
And the thing is, you never see now, the league has woken up to the fact you don't put local derbies on in the first week because those games sell themselves. So you don't need to burn them in the first week. Yeah. So Cowboys, Broncos or is Broncos, that Titans. In? It's locked in. What's that? That, that The opening round. Well, I, I would assume mm. because these things are so finicky and, you know, nine want their certain slate of games and then what they mm. do in the first week affects what happens in the second week and, and mm. on it goes. So... Probably okay. not confirmed, but I'm with you. I'd play it in round two or three. Yeah. Because here's the thing. The first week, it's exciting for everyone. Mm-hmm. You put it on in round two, the headlines start on the Monday. Yes. And, and take you through the week. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a big build-up, whether you put it on a Thursday or a Friday. It doesn't, doesn't yeah. matter to me. But uh, so I think I think it's fine, but slightly wasted. Yeah. Slightly I'm wasted. You, but, I mean, if that's the biggest problem the league has next year, then we're going okay. Absolutely. Oh, and we didn't spend much time talking about the test match. Goods, I don't know about talk you. about I'm finding it like eating my vegetables mm. is, is watching these test matches. Now, the worst thing for me is I knew the score when I started watching it on, on IQ. Which doesn't help. No. But look, it's... They're hard work to sit through at the they, moment. Look, the, they really are. The, the Australians and the and the I think the core senior group of players that have been playing together for so long, they just know how to win, Dan. And, and that's all they do. They're like, I said it last week, they're like a really good horse that just knows where the finish line is. Yeah. Unless you get in front and you put some pressure on, you really don't see the brilliance of the Australian side because they just sit in second gear. They kick to the corners. They're, 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 they do their... Metronomic. Their, yep, and they just get the job done. So until we see someone put some pressure on, mm. you're just going to get this out of the Australian side. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up after this. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form with animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Lachlan's just... Oh, Lachlan. Well, he's pressing the buttons. Lachlan doing a fine job. Tommy, producer Tom, has raced in and just reported that Channel 7 have gone to where with a story that apparently has been confirmed. Frank Pritchard has signed a one-year deal with Parramatta. Yeah, let's talk about that last week, Dan, wasn't there? So, yeah, it could be a, another really good purchase for the Eels and obviously the back end of his career, but a um, lot of experience, a lot of skill and a, another big body. Now, we have run out of time because Ugly Phil's waiting. Okay. We can't talk about the story of the weekend. You know those Aussie blokes that went to Korea? What, Dan? The whole thing's a sham. No. Oh. You see... It wasn't an international... And you threw that to me, didn't you? You knew your experience. You said, hey, Gertz, what about this one? And I took it. What do you mean you took it? That was a a dump there. That was a hospital pass if I've ever seen one. It wasn't a hospital pass. You gave it... You liked the story. It was a great story, but it was a story. Oh, we didn't know it was a story. Okay. It was a sham. Yeah, no, no, no. No, no, apparently no. It, it, there was some, it was some Mickey me Mouse tournament. All my credibility as a reporter has just gone down the toilet, Dan. <laughs> All right, we're going to go. I Phil is coming up after this. I will see you on Thursday. Oh, you will. <laughs> Goodbye. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form with animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly.